The parasha of Yitro records the revolutionary moment when God, creator of heaven and earth, entered into a mutually binding agreement with the nation, the children of Israel, the agreement we call a Brit, a covenant. Now this wasn't the first covenant in the Torah. God had already made one with Noah and through him all humanity, and a second one with Avraham, whose sign was circumcision. But those covenants were not fully reciprocal. God didn't ask for Noah's agreement. He didn't wait for Abraham's assent. But Sinai was a different matter. For the first time, he wanted the covenant to be fully mutual, to be freely accepted. So we find that both before and after the revelation at Sinai, God commands Moses to make sure the people do actually agree. The point is fundamental. God wants to rule by right, not by might. The God who brought an enslaved people to liberty seeks the free worship of free human beings. God doesn't act towards his creatures like a tyrant. So at Sinai was born the principle that was millennia later described by Thomas Jefferson in the American Declaration of Independence that governors and governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed. God wanted the consent of the governed. That's why the Sinai covenant was conditional on the people's agreement. Now, admittedly, the Talmud actually questions how free the Israelites really were. It uses an astonishing image. It said God suspended the mountain above their heads and said, if you agree, well and good. If not, this will be your burial. Well, that's another subject for another time. Suffice it to say that there's no indication of this in the text itself. What's interesting is the exact wording in which the Israelites give their consent. To repeat, they do so three times. The first, before the revelation, then twice afterwards in the parish of Mishpatim. Listen to the three verses. Before the revelation, Vayanu kol ha'am yachdav, vayemru kol Hashem All the people answered as one and said, all that God has spoken, we will do. And then this is what they say afterward. God came and told the people all God's words and all his laws. And then, And the people all responded with one voice. We will do every word that God has spoken. And now comes the third ascent. Moses took the Book of the Covenant and read it in the ears of the people. And they said, All the people replied, We will do and nishma all that God has declared. Let's leave that word untranslated for a moment. Note the subtle difference. In the first two cases, People say, all that God says, we will do. In the third, they use the double verb. We will do and we will hear or obey or hearken or understand. The word Shema means, among other things, to understand. As we find in the story of the Tower of Babel, when God says, come, let us descend and confuse their speech, so that, lo yishma'u ish sefat which means so that no one will understand other people's speech. 
So the first two have the word na'aseh, let's do, we will do, but the third says na'aseh v'nishma. But note that there's another difference. In the first two cases, there's a clear emphasis on the unity of the people. Both phrases are very striking. The first one says, all the people answered as one. The second says the people all responded with a single voice. Now, in a book that emphasizes how fractious and fissiparous the people were, such declarations of unanimity are significant and rare. But the third verse, which mentions both doing and understanding, contains no such statement. It simply says, they said. There's no emphasis on unanimity or consensus. Now, what we have here is a biblical comment on one of the most striking features of all in Judaism, the difference between deed and creed, between asiyah and shmiyah, between doing and understanding. Christians have theology. Jews have law. And these are two very different approaches to the religious life. Judaism is about a community of action. It's about the way people interact in their dealings with one another. It's about bringing God into the shared spaces of our collective life. Just as we know God through what he does, so God asks us to bring him into what we do. As Goethe said, in the beginning was the deed. That's why Judaism is a religion of law, because law is the architecture of behavior. When it comes to belief, creed, doctrine, all the things that depend on shmiyah, on understanding, rather than asiyah, on action, on this, Judaism doesn't call for unanimity. Not because Judaism lacks beliefs. To the contrary, Judaism is what it is precisely because we believe what we believe, most importantly in monotheism, that there is at least and at most one God. The Torah tells us in Bereshis about creation, in Shemot about redemption and in this week's Parsha about revelation. All those are fundamentals of Jewish belief. Judaism is a set of beliefs, but it's not a community based on unanimity about the way we understand and interpret those beliefs. It recognizes that intellectually and temperamentally we're different. Judaism has had its rationalists and its mystics, its philosophers and its poets, its naturalists and its supernaturalists. Judaism has had Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva, Judah Halevi and Maimonides, the Vilna Gaon and the Baal Shem Tov. We seek unanimity in Halacha, not in Agadah. Naaseh, we act in the same way. But Nishma, we understand each in our own way. That's the difference between the way we serve God collectively and the way we understand God individually. And what's fascinating is that this well-known feature of Judaism is already signaled in the Torah itself. In the difference about the way it speaks about Naaseh, when Jews said, we will do, and that they said with complete unanimity, as one, with a single voice. But when it came to Nishma. We will understand on this they didn't speak with one voice. There was no collective consensus because each of us interprets and understands the principles of Jewish faith in our own way. Our acts, na'aseh, are public. Our thoughts, our nishma, are private. That is how we come to serve God together, yet relate to him individually in the uniqueness of our being and of our understanding. Shabbat Shalom.